Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe. I'm Senior Editor Devinder Hardwar. Today, we are talking all about our review of the Google Nest Hub, taking you a little bit behind the scenes, how that came to be, some of the funny, creepier stories around it. <laughs> uh, and our UK Bureau Chief, Matt Smith, will be joining us to talk about that. But it isn't just about the Nest Hub. Google had a slew of news, as well as Xiaomi, which unveiled its first real foldable this week, too. So plenty of news to go around. But before we get to all that, if you're liking the show, please leave us a rating on iTunes. It'll really help people discover us. Subscribe on any podcast platform you like. And uh, we also live stream the recording of this show every Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern thereabouts on the Engadget YouTube channel. So head on over there and join us. It's a fun little crew. So this week, I finally managed to publish my review of the Google Nest Hub, uh, which is Google's new smart display that uses a radar sensor to detect motion to see if you're asleep or not. And I'm sure we have a lot of questions, but there's also a lot of funny stories in the behind the scenes. So I also had the help of UK Bureau Chief Matt Smith throughout the review process, because he also had a review unit and was giving me feedback as we went along. So Without further ado, hey Matt, thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, I'm glad you fixed all your technical problems. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was probably me. I yeah, funny get how it just shows things. up when Matt appears. Yeah, well, it's, maybe is it the time the, zone difference? Is the cross the pond delay? So mm-hmm. yeah, not a pond to replay, but pond <laughs> delay. Anyway, I'm, I'm just gonna go, guys. I'm just just gonna <laughs> leave this podcast <laughs> in the first minute. <laughs> Okay, Matt, you and I got the Google Nest Hub into test, and we've been playing with it for what, about a week. Tell me, tell me what you first thought of the Nest Hub's sleep tracking when you heard about it. Uh, so I, I, I recall like seeing the post about it coming and uh, like it mm-hmm. being teased as a new home hub. And in fact, like Google UK got in touch with me months ago to kind of tease what's you know what's your address? We have some hardware to send yep. to you. And I'm like, what is it? Why? Yeah. And I think I asked you, Cher, and you were like, well, the last thing was like, well, I think it was Wi-Fi routers, routers. Um, and I was like, well, I don't need them. Anyway, I kept like saying, so what is it? And they're like, oh, sorry, we can't tell you yet. Sorry, we can't tell you that. So I think this is like a device. Oh, it might have been the thermostat too. Yeah, cause I was yeah something like that. that. It was something yeah. like really not in my purview or nothing really mm. I cared about. But it turned out to be this home hub. And like when I got it out of the box, when I first landed here, I was, the first thing I looked for, oddly enough, was the camera because I have... Um, 
the the big model, the Mac. Is it the Mac? Yes, the Nest, Nest Hub Max. Hub Max. Yeah. yeah. So it has a mm-hmm. camera, so you can do your Google Duo calls, Hangouts uh, video calls through it, and all these other cool things. So it's like, oh, where's the camera? And then <laughs> I realized this is the kind of smaller, cheaper version. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where that's what that was my initial impression. I mean, it looks like all the other home hubs, doesn't it? it there's not yeah. they haven't made any major changes to the design <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. And then and then I read up on it, and yeah, it's a, it's all about the sleep tracking. It's about the Soli sensor, which I think. It launched in a Pixel phone, didn't it, a few years mm-hmm. ago? That was yes. when it was first appeared for gesture controls. And now they're using right. it uh, to aim it at your bed at a creepy angle and track your sleep. <laughs> Did you... Okay, so so just to catch everyone up, uh, or as a reminder, the Nest Hub, like Matt said, is the smaller of Google's smart displays. So it's got like a 7-inch screen. It's teeny tiny. It's meant for intimate spaces like the bedroom, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have a camera and there's a micros- microphone Microsoft mm-hmm. microphone kill switch uh, just in case you don't want any sounds being picked up. Uh, as opposed to the Nest Hub Max, which is really meant for more communal spaces like living rooms, kitchens, so it does have a camera for video calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Nest Hub 2nd Gen launched with a new feature called Sleep Sensing, and it's powered by the Soli radar sensor that, like Matt pointed out, first launched or first launched mainstream, I guess, in the Pixel 4. But Soli was always kind of a project under Google's ATAP, which is the Advanced Technology and Something <laughs> Division. I want to say projects, but I can't remember the full it's acronym. probably projects, yeah. Projects, yeah. So, yeah. so ATAP division and uh, basically uses radar to detect very minute movements. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Pixel Four, was things like you can turn your your hands like you're adjusting a fake knob in the air, <laughs> and uh, and uh, like adjust the volume. Or later on, it uh, rolled out in the Nest thermostat, and it was used to like detect presence in yeah. a room, human presence in a room. So. And I know Devendra has had some experience with that. Yeah. You like it, I have it, right? two of the new cheaper Nest thermostats, and yeah. it is, it's helpful to have that thing pop mm-hmm. up whenever I walk by. So it's useful in that respect, yeah. Matt, I know you were trying to get out of doing any work at all with the smart display. <laughs> hey, I flagged it but, with uh... you guys. I flagged it and <laughs> like a little bit inside baseball here. When me and Cher get sent like the same devices, I'm always there to flag it and say, hey, Cher, is there anything I can do to make your job easier? Uh-huh. And she's like, no, uh-huh. I'll do it. It'll arrive a day before the embargo breaks, but I'll do it because I just want to do it. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a really performative employee and I just must show wow. everyone that I'm working really hard on this device. So don't worry, I've got it all. And for this, so this was the rare occasion where she actually doubled back and actually asked for some true. feedback and some I help. She's like, ask for your oh, help. I, like, you set this, you probably should share this up, Shelly. Why did you come to me? For my impressions on the <laughs> hub. <laughs> so, so, okay, so, so, so you were like, hey, I have one, two, yeah, happy to, you know, you also pointed out that you had a hard time setting it up next to your bed. So, one of the first things I had a problem with with the Nest Hub was finding a spot next to my bed to place it. I thought I was gonna use the window ledge next to my bed, but I sleep on a low platform. Not, not ideal. I don't actually like sleeping so low. It's not by, choice not because my last name's I mean, low but let's admit uh, it you sleep on the floor Sherlyn. like i you basically know. like a tatami yeah, yeah like <laughs> um yeah anyway so <laughs> so i had trouble finding something that was mattress height like this uh-huh. thing needs to be set up on something exactly mattress height i didn't have something matt also said you didn't have something correct that was like part of your bedroom yeah, so I, like I have a little like um, weird kind of bureau pegboard thing that I can hang kind of small objects. It's got small shelf, but you know the mm-hmm. hub is small, but it's not mm-hmm. tiny. Mm-hmm. You need you need like a substantial base. 
to be able to kind of position it diagonally to kind of aim at your bed. Yeah. I mean, so so that was good to feel like justified about because I thought I was just this one weirdo that didn't have like a good nightstand and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I think most people who are more adult have one, like a proper nightstand. Like so you won't have that issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, yeah, exactly. So for me, once I like realized I wasn't alone, I was like, okay, I'll point this out in the review. That was sure. nice to have Matt there sure. kind of back me up. But the main reason afterwards that I came to Matt is after he started sharing some of his like sleep info uh, with me earlier, I was like, my first sleep profile started coming through and it was not registering. It was It's supposed to tell you how long you've been asleep, whether you were restless, um, and also throughout the night, whether there were changes in the light and temperature around you. Also, sounds. It's listening mm. for things like coughing and snoring. Um which we'll get to the whys of it in a little bit. But I looked at my results and I think for the first two nights, there was just nothing registered in terms of sound. So it's like, is this thing even working? Is this thing on? It just turns out I'm like a, the most quiet sleeper ever. Uh, and uh, so, Sorry, snore. for the sake of the podcast, I'm just shaking my head and rolling my eyes. <laughs> so it just turns out I'm the prettiest, most quiet sleeper. I don't know. <laughs> Sleep like a little I mean, butterfly. Yeah. 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 Well known in my family for being the perfect sleeper, just so you know. Because my aunt, who's a very picky sleeper, whenever we used to travel, would choose to room with me because she's like, this B word is silent as hell. She <laughs> likes a corpse. Yeah. Exactly. My niece, exactly. the corpse. That's true. Yeah. It's, actually, yes. I, I can probably confirm this because I also remember from our flights oh. to Computex. Oh, right. I would always walk by and Trillin's just like in the weirdest passed position, out. but passed just out. Dracula. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. Oh in the back. Yeah, <laughs> so she's she's totally getting. Uh, let me let's backtrack a little, guys. So yes. this is a normal Google Nest, right? Like it does yes. all the it's normal stuff display. a Nest does. It's just a Nest with this weird sleep tracking thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yes. by and large the same thing. There are like some improvements. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm, better. Yeah, the audio. That's exactly the thing I was mm. going to bring up. Like it sounds mm. a lot better. Like um, good. Yeah. Even like watching because you can you can stream video um, services to it, so you can stream your yes. stream your Netflix, um, YouTube, the rest of it. Um, and yet, you know, the sound is like like nice enough to actually casually mm. watch a show on it, like a short mm. enough show anyway. And that was a pleasant mm. surprise because um, it's cheaper. Mm. It's cheaper than the old it one. It is exactly mm-hmm. exactly. It's fifty dollars cheaper than the original, which cost one hundred fifty at the time. So now the new Nest Hub is a hundred dollars, mm. which is nice. That's within like um, basically. Hey, I'll I'll buy this and play around with it territory. Yeah. You know, it's like an, almost an impulse buy. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to be nitpicky about it, it's ninety nine ninety nine. So it's like mm. under $100 technically, but by the time you add taxes, For sure. crap, it's so we, more. So we talked about this, by the way, when you first announced this creepy this creepy ass device. When I first Trillin. announced it. Yeah, Ooh. when you <laughs> talked about it. When I first um, shared it with you, yeah. But what do you, I'm wondering, what do you guys think? How is it different than other sleep tracking things we've seen? There mm-hmm. have been wearables. There have been all sorts of things. I've, at one point, I tested something that like slipped under my mattress. Yeah. You know, and yeah. kind of detected yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, movement yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of experience with mattress sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't generally like those or don't have the like outlets for so many plugs and stuff. So the that's the one downside of another smart display in the bedroom is like you need another outlet if you don't already have one. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also giving you different types of insight. The smart display is really about the environments in your bedroom uh, mm-hmm. when you're going to bed and what you can do to change that to get you into a more 
I guess, consistent and peaceful resting uh, routine. So if you like me, I occasionally have the TV on when I go to sleep. I leave it to turn itself off uh, overnight or I have mm-hmm. the speaker on. And the that's really what the the smart display or the Nest Hub is helpful for in terms of like it's sleep tracking. But where it, when it's wearables, right? A lot of them, <laughs> sorry, Apple Watch fans, but most of them now use the heart rate sensor to track what sleep zone you're in. Sure. So you can see when you wake up that you spent like maybe an hour or two in REM sleep, a few in deep restorative sleep, a few in like mm-hmm. just, you know, awake and whatever. So I find that to be more insightful, even though it's sure. less like something that I can do anything about, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you actually know, Matt, get you any think? sleep data, by the way, Shirley? I'm just wondering. Like, I it did. was hard? Okay, so you got something. Okay. So, yeah. Matt, like, you I, got some stuff, too. Yeah, I came from, I come from a, diff, a little bit of a different perspective because um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy to wear my Apple Watch when I go to sleep. So, I get what the Apple Watch tracks while mm-hmm. I sleep. And mm-hmm. that's often mm-hmm. heart rates. It does. I don't think it, it doesn't silo it, like uh, Cher was saying. It doesn't silo it into REM sleep it and the rest zones. of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you do see, you know, the, the plateauing and the peaking of your heart mm-hmm. rate, that kind of thing. So, you can see where you woke up or when you were getting really deep, you know, really falling into that sleepy coma. Um, so, that was cool to <laughs> see. Um, so, like, with what I was surprised with Google is that I don't use Google's health and fitness tracking apps. Mm-hmm. I have some Android mm-hmm. phones, but... I mostly use an iPhone. So I installed the app on my iPhone just to kind of see what mm-hmm. I was gleaning from this hub. And it all just kind of effortlessly flowed in. You can kind of like yep. knit together Google. Is it called Google Fitness or Fit. Google? Yeah, Google yeah, Fit. Fit. So you can kind of knit together Google Fit with Apple Health, Apple's Health kind of WebKit and the rest of it. And it kind of just mm-hmm. like shares all the data between the two. Um, and so it was quite elegant in that it just kind of pulled mm-hmm. all of my like Apple Watch workouts in with all these kind of metrics about mm-hmm. sleeping. Uh, and th- so this is the story we were meant to hit on at the start, but we completely failed to. Um, was that, so Cher was, saying, so Cher was saying like, oh, yeah, it, it's weird. It's like it doesn't pick up that doesn't pick up any snoring and i'm just I'm too just, perfect i'm just because yeah. i obviously i don't because i'm perfect in every way but yeah. what, what about you matt what about you matt and i'm like seriously this thing says i snored half the night it's just like they, you, 48 they you, minutes yeah 48 minutes one night of just orange dots or orange zones of me That's just kind of bad. Oh, inhaling man. like like some kind of anime enemy just inhaling the cosmos <laughs> have you guys ever used the snoring tracking apps, because it's something I've played around with too. There are a whole bunch of those where you just leave the app running, you know? Yeah, like leave your, yeah. leave your phone face down to. with a mic on. Yeah, that kind of thing. But that's more, that was more for sleep tracking than snoring. Um, yeah. Like with my exes in the past, I've always denied that I snore and they yeah, exactly. I exactly. don't. And now I have, exactly. uh, the horror is I've now got this like factual ev- evidence that not only do I snore, I, I snore say- quite a lot. Oh yeah. I'm right there I, with you. I, <laughs> I'm very lucky to not only be a non-snorer, but also the deepest sleeper. So I do not give a f- crap if like my partner is <laughs> snoring throughout the night. Like That's I will perfect. pass out so hard. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So you can snore all you want, friend. I was yeah. going to say bitch. But, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be nice. Let's be nice. Come on. Yeah. My question for you guys, by the way, did you feel <laughs> weird with this thing watching you? Because it's not like a device that you're wearing, right? It's not like something you necessarily control. It is there staring at you. But it hasn't um, got eyes. With a sensor. It doesn't have eyes. Exactly. But listen, I what are eyes? What are eyes, you know? but Cameras. Uh, but sensors for, you know, light reactions. Uh, it, it sees in other ways, like other animals. I, Does it feel weird to you? Matt, not you go first. because yeah, I mean, yeah. not at all for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just took it as... 
Uh, it's almost like a heat map. That's how I kind of imagined it in my brain. You know, it's like I'm just walking past this heat mapping thing, like like I'm in an airport or yeah. something. Um, what I, like my main complaint with these, with all the sleep tracking stuff, is like none of this is going to solve your sleep problems. It really mm-hmm. isn't. Mm-hmm. Like it, like Cher kind of said earlier, like it can tell you to go to bed at the same time. It can tell you to be on your phone less. I mean, there's huge irony in telling you to be yeah. on your phone less and then, and then installing a bigger you. screen next to you <laughs> that's louder and plugged into yeah. power at all times. Um, uh, but it's all down to you to kind of solve your sleep problems. Like there was no insight. Like the, sure, it's giving you all these facts, but there's no insight here. There's mm. nothing that can go. Oh, that's why I don't sleep well. I snore because it's not gonna. It's yep. not gonna solve your snore problems. It's not gonna solve the fact that Sherlyn goes to bed really late and only sleeps five hours, and that's because she's dead inside. It's not gonna solve mm-hmm. that problem either. You know. I try. <laughs> Look, one of the things that <laughs> one of the things I really wanted the Nest Hub to help with, to Matt's point. Is to fix my delayed circadian rhythm. I have like, well, I mean, I have, I self-diagnosed that I have DSW, which is delayed sleep-wake phase, uh, which means I basically (laughs) just go to bed. Like I fall asleep a lot later than everyone else, despite my best efforts. Like I used the Nest Hub to prove that I was in bed at like midnight or even Uh before uh midnight. I got to bed on time. I still passed out only at 3 a.m. Like it just, it's it's something I struggle with. So if anything, the Nessup was good at helping me prove that, but mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really help yet with the the stuff that I need help with. Is just like trying to sleep earlier or trying to fall asleep earlier. That's the stuff that I need to drink something for. Right. I mean, um, I still go to bed like not that late, but late enough. I mean, me and Cher both live alone, so we can just we're just like giant petulant toddlers. We can do what we want with our lives. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm the same. We're in the same boat. But you can do whatever um, you want. Right, but like when yes, exactly when these kind of like um, when everyone discovered we were using our phones too much, Google and Apple kind of went back into their you know mobile OSs and added all these kind of you know <laughs> these hygiene features for like get off your phone less, time to go to mm-hmm. bed, and we you know we all turn those on, but that hasn't changed when I go to sleep. That hasn't improved exactly. my sleep at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, unfortunately, yeah. it's down to you. It is. It's, it it's is. stuff that you already know. Like, go to bed earlier. You know, T- turn off your computer. Turn off mm-hmm. the lights. Like, it's stuff you already know. That's where. Yeah. That's where it's. But to, to answer your question earlier, though, Dev, um, I didn't feel it was creepy because once I started seeing the reports come through and, and I realized that it was like very anonymous. Like, look, whatever the 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 raw data is that the the sensor sees that's parsed on device and then what google then gets to present to you in the fit app is the amount of time you've been asleep whether mm-hmm. you're restless mm-hmm. so things that have already been interpreted and that stuff that i ended up seeing on the app i really couldn't care less if someone saw it and <laughs> and knew that it was me like sure. yes of course i i sleep at i fell asleep at 3 a.m. I'm sorry, but like everything else, the the creepiness of it, it did feel a little bit weird. Like maybe the first two nights where I was like, am I going to be very still? Yeah. And then like when you're aware that you can't move as you normally would or you don't want to move as you normally would in bed, then you won't, you will definitely have trouble falling asleep because you're mm-hmm. like not comfortable. Yeah. After yeah. a while though, like I forgot it was there. Um, right now I've kind of just moved it a little bit out of the way. It's still tracking, which is mm-hmm. nice. It's not pointed directly in my face but it's still tracking it it still works i, I kind of so, wish google went all the way though and just was like really funny and creepy camera. with it like just now just like a a creeper that whispers to you <laughs> at night oh, like oh yeah 
go back to sleep. sleep. I'm watching you. You shouldn't have drank so much water last night. (laughs) (laughs) So a delicate question for both of you, but have you had any experience of it potentially tracking multiple people? And how does it distinguish you versus (laughs) other people? I'm so sorry. In the last week, I have had no part when people sleep over. I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. I, I try to pretend like... We're in the middle of a pandemic. Have, it's okay. I'm, I'm I not, have, like, I've only I met have, one human being this year so far in real life. Exactly. I've only met one other human being, and they did not sleep in my bed. They signed this is actually, also more likely to sleep over at other people's places. Mm. <clears throat> this is actually a good year for Google to launch this, by the way, because... Uh, I'm sure everything falls apart with multiple people, right? Like, I'm sure if it could barely I, detect you, Sherlyn, with as a light sleeper, I'm sure exactly. like their algorithms have no idea what to do when there are multiple people. I, I was going, I was just going to say, I do have a body pillow, uh, like doesn't a big count. body. Your pillow. waifu doesn't and count. it doesn't move. Your waifu, right? Please. Right, my <laughs> my baby. Uh, but no i mean that's a good test but google has or or says it's built in like uh i guess precautions i'm not sure or the 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 algorithm is designed in such a way that it's only meant to detect one person at once Mm -hmm. so i haven't tested it with i should have tested it with brian when we were shooting uh, video but (laughs) neither force him to to have a slumber party with you yeah yeah just just lay here just lay here it's yeah it's like sleeping on the jaw basically like because you have to sleep for at least 20 minutes uh, before Cher, the sensor will Cher, start. Seriously, we do we not pay Brian that. enough <laughs> it's to true. make him suffer. We that. already subject him to my presence Shout way too much. To Brian O, our tireless New York video dude. Uh, does this thing record audio, by the way, guys? I forget if you mentioned that. Like, do you get any record of anything? Snoring? No, noise? no sleep talking. No recording. I assume okay. that's where, but I'm sure the mic is picking up the snore. Yeah. That's, must yeah. Be where it gets that from. Um, one thing about this that we haven't really touched on the hub, um, because Google, <laughs> I think we're intentionally vague, um, uh-huh. is that all the sleep tracking is just kind of in a beta mode because it's going to be kind yeah. of folded in to a premium subscription fit health mm-hmm. bundle of some sorts so that we don't exactly mm-hmm. know. In fact, I think there was might be even more on my, should I go get my box for my hub? Because it does sure. kind do of word it. it better. Go one for second. it. I, I can talk while you're gone because I still have some thoughts. Now, <laughs> I felt really bad because I, when you're setting up the smart display, it is a smart display. It's got to show things, right? So most people, I think, choose to rotate a carousel of pictures of their friends and family. And as I was setting this up, Google's like, hey, do you want to generate an album with faces of people that you know? <laughs> you're like, no, you know, I don't want to see no, those. No, no, no. I was like, yes. I was like, yes. But uh, because I knew this was a review device that was going to get shot in a video, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's be careful about who I include in this. So I put mostly pictures of myself mm-hmm. on this screen. That sounds about right. And that actually checks out for what I'd imagine you put in your photo album. So it's just a steady stream of selfies <laughs> on on this display. Uh, and mm-hmm. during the review video, Matt, we're talking about the steady selfie stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I've, uh, I've got a count if you want a count. Oh my god, you counted? At least oh 32 god. different selfie pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so oh tragic. And I only saw like one or two of your friends. One or two. Because the way I had it set up was it was an album of pictures with my face recognized in it. So I know, but I it said, no, I saw it. it said Sherlyn and friends, but there's literally only one or two other people. That- the one other person was like my mom or something. Like, it was, was everybody like, except was- Matt Smith. I think that was it. <laughs> I that mean, that's what I'm most outraged about, yeah. 
<laughs> it was pictures with Brian also in there. But uh, but lovely. yeah, so so apologies to anyone who was subject to that in the review video. Oh man, um, I love it. It was a good video, guys. Like one thing. You. Okay, so you get you get a box, Matt. What do we what do we have here? Uh, so I'm trying to. I swear they said something like you know Fitbit Plus or something, but I'm wondering hmm. why I read yeah. that now. Um, like it's just like warning subscription may be required. The Nest Hub's sleep yeah. sensing features require a subscription sold separately and are subject to your permissions and settings. They use blah 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 huh. blah. Google Fit and other apps may be required for full functionality. Is that so? Is it free for now, but they'll start charging later yep. if you buy this thing? That's so they sucks. plan. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, all Nest Hub users will get sleep sensing as a free preview for a year. Is what uh-huh. Google is saying. They have no details yet on how much it'll cost after. I hate still this. ironing that out. Yeah. And I, I, to- I mean, yeah. flat out, me and Matt both agree that there's not enough value yet for them mm-hmm. to want to charge extra for this. It's a sneaky thing to kind of put in there and be like, hey, this has sleep sensing, but in a year, we will start charging you for it. Like, uh, like it's... I don't know, like a cable company discount or something, right? Or like, oh, like you'll be like they've got pricing. you over a barrel already. Like we know how you yep. sleep, so now you know we're holding it. Hostage. Otherwise, we will release yeah. this information publicly. Um, <laughs> All these radar which I've already images done on of this you. Podcast. Last question for you guys. Uh, we talked about a bit. Th- uh, we talked a bit about this. I think last week, Sherlyn, but Made for Love, the new HBO show, has some great sequences about our lives being a little overly monitored, overly, you know, computerized. Uh, there's a great sequence in that first episode where a pop-up appears and uh, forces our main character to rate her orgasm, which is being monitored by all her bedroom sensors. Did, does it start to feel like uh, to you guys, like we're getting to the point where things are being monitored too much, you know, like could this lead to anything bad or lead to other devices that we open up too much to? Matt, do you want to go first? Well, yeah, I'm the orgasm expert on this show, so uh, my. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oi, 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 oi! Um, I think my perspective on this has always been like you'll you'll monitor as much as you want to monitor. I'm sure, like all of us, mm-hmm. have had to play with wearables at some point or other, or any kind of fitness or lifestyle tracker. And you know, you pick and choose exactly what you like to use. Like the main thing I use, yeah, probably the most I've used across. Coming up to 10 years at Engadget, the thing I've used most is the Apple Watch's fitness tracking. So I like set an, set a, uh, an exercise or an activity going and then I stop it when I finish. And that's something that I know. I know how many calories I burn. I know how much my chest hurt. You know, it'll tell me my heart rate, that kind of thing. And it's, it, it's a kind of knowledgeable information. It feels and it kind of signifies to me that I've worked hard. And that's sort of like a habit forming thing that I've found is just really useful for me. But everyone's got you know, twos and fros, you know, like uh, food tracking apps. That's one that's never, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never stuck with me because you don't want to. It's annoying. It's so tiring. Yeah. 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 And also, how do you put like, I, you know, I bit off a block of cheese. You don't want to put that in the app and you don't want to say that on a podcast. <laughs> but here I am. But like, you just did, yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is you want actually an implanted sensor that automatically uh. tracks everything. The key <laughs> is Automa- more sensors. I mean, automate me. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff <laughs> would be great. I mean. Automat. Uh what what was that sorry? Automat automat. Oh. I wish I didn't hear it. Well, my answer is basically yeah, it's all, all the same as Matt, basically down to choice. You have thankfully you still have the choice. And in Made for Love, she didn't have any choices really to be surveilled. Exactly. Um she yeah. was in a situation. But we thankfully still have the choice. Um it is when companies do things without our permission, mm-hmm. without giving us 
the full transparency that that it starts to get a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit very <laughs> intrusive and invasive. Right now, I'm fine with it. Again, sleep sensing is an opt-in feature. You could still use the new Nest Hub and not use sleep sensing at all, and it's still a steal because it's yeah, still it's fifty dollars cheaper. Yeah. So yeah. so get it and don't use sleep sensing if you don't want to, and don't pay for the subscription if you don't want to. But as a proof of concept for technology. I was impressed. I mean, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, who knew radar could tell if I was asleep? Although I do worry about like the long-term exposure to radar type things that some people ask about, and I'm not sure yet, but we'll see. Um, yeah, for, I had fun like sleeping on the job really long. I, I think like w- one of the things as well that I always come back to is you never, you never see someone in say like men's health or women's health who have got like a kicking body because they wore their Fitbit every day. Like that's <laughs> yeah, it's, right, other, it's, it's not, other things. The, yeah. What you're reaching for and what these kind of gadgets provide are two very different things. So the Nest Hub review wasn't the only piece of news out of Google World this week. In fact, gosh, it's been like a big explosion of news out of Google starting uh, with even before the Nest Hub uh, review was out, there was an embargo, I guess, uh, on mm-hmm. That same day, earlier in the morning, a bunch of Maps updates. Uh, Google Maps is continuing to get more tools and more things. Like, remember when they uh, unveiled AR Live View way back when? So about two years ago in 2019, uh, you know, it showed a a way you could use the phone's camera to Mm -hmm. point it around the world in front of you. And And it shows you directions overlaid on the scene. Yeah. Exactly. Telling you exactly where your destination is in front of you, which is really clever. So with this week's news, Maps is getting indoor live view. So indoor AR. So for example, you're in uh, an airport, you can't find your gate, or you're mm-hmm. in a mall and you can't find the restaurant that you want to go to and you're late for your reservation. This is going to be a really helpful tool. I was pretty stoked to see it. It's rolling out now to select malls in the US um, in like some Westfield malls in some cities and mm-hmm. it's coming out globally soon, which is, I like it. That's cool. It's a cool idea. I've never seen anybody actually use this feature in real life, but no, yeah. me neither. Yeah. <laughs> um, this would be fantastic in uh, trade show halls though, you know? Yeah. Especially when yeah. you know yes. when the numbers in the halls don't match up in, you know, yep. with how yes. they should be logically laid out. Yeah, all that stuff. Yes. This could just mm-hmm. kind of take you exactly where you need to go. That'd be very cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, airport sounds like the perfect place for this. The perfect place. I've spent way too much time running around uh, international airports. Uh, Germany's in particular have yeah, been yeah. nightmares mm-hmm. for me. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I'm down with this. This also seems like back, like just stuff to get ready for AR glasses. You know, like we're getting all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Like uh, I don't want to hold up my phone and do this, but if I was just wa- running right. down, you know, uh, through gates and stuff and I got pop-up directions, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Think about this with 5G too, right? Because yeah. like processing and, and internet would be just a huge mm-hmm. factor as to how well this works. So it would be nice to see all of this come through with that promise. Um, some other maps updates I'm going to quickly run through. Uh, a new focus on eco-friendly guidance. Hmm. So uh, a new, a little bit of the redesign will show you when it's when you're looking up navigation directions to a new destination, it will show you your favorite route. So for example, you're a big biker, it'll show you that uh, at the top. So no longer are there going to be those tabs that differentiate uh, car, transit, cab and like you know biking uh they're all going to be on one page now your favorite is going to be near the top mm-hmm. the people in that city's favorite is also going to be near the top too so if you're in new york the subway option is going to be higher up than say a car than driving navigation Good. directions 
Uh, in Singapore, it might be the MRT, more than, say, taking a car as well or biking. So that's one change. But the other change is that like when there is an eco-friendly year alternative available at about the same ETA, um, that's to say like uh, that there's less of a carbon footprint in that route that uh, they're going to suggest, they're going to use that as a default when their ETA is about the same, which means you're going up slopes less, you're going to, you know, find more carbon, like uh, low emission zones, that sort of thing. Are they giving any carbon Sorry. estimates for this? Because that would be yes. cool too. Okay. Absolutely. So if the eco-friendly route is going to take significant longer, mm-hmm. significantly longer than the um, fastest route, they will show you the CO2 output mm. and let you compare the nice. difference in taking the fastest route. So you decide whether you want the faster route or the eco-friendlier option, which mm-hmm. is Really pretty nice. And you can That's still cool. turn this all off if you don't like it in the settings. Uh, and I like this. I think it helps people make better decisions, make it easier. And then finally, uh, the company is also going to uh, integrate with some pickup and delivery uh, services. So like specifically right now for uh, on grocery retailers. So they'll start with Instacart and Albertsons companies in the US. Uh, it will show you things like the pickup and delivery windows, fees and order minimums. But... It's also launching a pilot program with Fred Meyer in some of the stores in Portland, Oregon, so that when you order something in the Fred Meyer app, you can actually go over to Google Maps and then share your location with the store when you're heading over to pick up your order. And then Mm -hmm. you can check in when you've arrived so they know to bring your stuff out to you to the curbside and stuff like that, which is Actually, pretty nice. It'll be nice to see if Google is able to bring this out on a much larger... Sorry, Matt, you're in the UK, so it doesn't sound like a lot of these are headed your way just yet. We have our own problems to deal with at the moment. I'm sorry. Other other Google news. I'm going to try to run through things really quickly. So this one is noteworthy, but I don't think we need to spend too much time on it, which is this new experimental app called Stack. It's basically out of the Area 120 section of Google land. Uh like UFO land. And it's basically an app that lets you scan and categorize your documents. A lot of people had an issue with it when this was announced on Mm. our team where they were like, oh God, it's going to like have more access to all my bills. And like for me, I already take a lot of photos of receipts with my photos, with my app, with my camera. So like the fact that it can scan and recognize that this is a receipt, this is a bill, this is like your invoice. I think it's nice, but um, Stack is going to be a way for you to do that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start integrating this into things like mm-hmm. photos over time. Yeah, Evernote has done um, this. A lot of note-taking apps have done yeah. this for a while. So nothing new, but exactly. useful for the Google interface. It's, it, yeah. is, it is scary to think that they yeah. might have more access to your stuff. But then, hey, don't download it if you don't like it. Don't download it. Um, um, they've got all your stuff in Gmail, unfortunately. So whatever yeah, exactly. of your bills go to Gmail. It's all there. Exactly. <laughs> Um, big big news in U.S. carrier land, though. Mm-hmm. T-Mobile announced this week it will make Google Messages the default messaging app on its phones. Interesting. Which, okay. w- yeah, if you remember from earlier this year, me and Chris Velasco talked to Android chief Hiroshi Lockheimer. This is something that they teased uh, back when Samsung launched the Galaxy S21 this year. Samsung also said, hey, Google Messages will be our default messaging app in certain regions around the world. Now T-Mobile is saying in the U.S. you will get messages. The benefit of this is Mm -hmm. that there's less fragmentation. RCS support comes through for more people. We want to see more U.S. carriers do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is a big deal. So RCS is Um, the new, the like not SMS platform, right? Right. RCS is 
Mm-hmm. I believe it stands for Relay Chat Services, and yeah. uh, it's basically like iMessage, right? It's like mm-hmm. you can do things like react to messages or and reply to a specific read message. receipts, right? I think read receipts is read the big receipts, one. Yeah, things like that. Exactly. Uh-huh. I've, so, actually, so I've always tried coming... to avoid any kind of RCS chat or investigation because I just find mm-hmm. it bores me to tears. But is this the equivalent <laughs> of like iMessage then? Mm-hmm. Yep. In yeah. Basically. Well, the, I I think equivalent <laughs> is a sad word for it because sadly, <laughs> Android for some reason cannot match that experience. I will say I've been using messages for the longest time, and oi, iMessage always just seems more mm-hmm. engaging. You know, everything looks mm-hmm. more like a proper chat app, whereas messages still looks like. SMS and iMessage just... is more secure and everything too, right? It's encrypted and all that stuff is good. Like, it's hard like to wrangle Apple stuff, yeah, yeah, Apple stuff. I I am interested when iMessage starts to play nicely with RCS. I don't know how yes. that's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. would be good. It still looks really awkward when I message my friends who use Apple. Haha! <laughs> Shout out to all of you who I hate. Um, but it, <laughs> it just you looks really your weird. Also, judging <laughs> it, again, judging from your Google Photos album on your all me. review, yeah, <laughs> two friends, all two friends. <laughs> Uh, all two of my friends who use iMessage to chat with me on, <laughs> on SMS, like whenever they hit, like react to one of my green bubble messages, it shows up as this really awkward thing. It's like not a, a very integrated, seamlessly blended in uh, animation or whatever. It's like second message, uh, Candice, not a real name of any friend I have, but Candice reacted heart to your message. Like that's, that's oh, what you wow. get. And I'm just like, oh, it's painful. It's very mm-hmm. painful. So we'll see. Hopefully they bring the two worlds together soon. Back to Google really quick. Davindra, you covered this this week. Do you want to talk about Google's uh, flock sure. files and the swan alternative being proposed just, by some I mean, real quick, real quick, because there's just so much stuff here. But we, we have yeah. talked about Google having a replacement for third-party cookies when it comes to tracking ads, and that is what they're calling flock. Uh, basically, it's going to group people together in groups or cohorts and based on certain preferences and things they like. So people who like one type of band or one type of food or something will be grouped together anonymously. Um, Google's starting to test that out. So I think that's pretty cool. But I also wrote up this news about Swan, another another like alternative. I don't even know what the uh, the actual thing stands for. But it is an alternative approach to not using third-party cookies anymore from ad companies. And, um, you know, it sounds like it is it is more of an opt-in thing. It is kind of like a central registry where if you go to a Swan site, you'll, I think, be asked to enable or join this thing. You can have them deliver personalized ads if you want, or you could do it in other ways. So it's giving you more direct control over the ads. We're going to see a lot of stuff, you know, we're going to see like a couple different ways of dealing with it because uh, Google's is phasing out third party cookies. Privacy is more important now. So the yeah. way we handle ad tracking and, you know, data tracking for ads is going to be changing. So this is we, we have mm-hmm. two new approaches that we'll see within this year. And uh, yeah, I'll be interested to Quick. see how they work out. Yeah. Quick, quick shout because I've been looking into this a little bit. Uh, Flock is one of the proposals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swan is another one, right? Uh, the other proposal names, just so you know, they are Parakeet, Turtle Dove, and Pigeon. Just so you know, okay. it's all bird themed right now. Okay. Well, why? Can someone give me the why? Why is no. it bird? No. Uh, stay tuned for my expose. It's Ad Town, baby. Is it because birds like birds like cookies? They eat cookies and crumbs, and I or don't. Or bird droppings? I don't know. 
Okay. No good reason. I will I will figure it out <laughs> and let you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's go straight to Xiaomi. So it wasn't just Google that had a lot of news this week. Uh, Xiaomi, which is a Chinese phone making company, uh, also had uh, like a big week. All right. First, mm-hmm. it had a two day keynote event this <clears throat> week where it unveiled a bunch of phones. Let's start with the most interesting one, the Mi Mix Fold. It is Xiaomi's first real foldable phone. And uh, it basically is different from the prototype that the company had already shown us in 2019 and actually folds in on itself this time as opposed to outwards like before. Uh, So this is kind of similar to the Galaxy Z Fold 2 that Samsung unveiled or Samsung makes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it folds inside. It's got an 8-inch AMOLED which folds in on itself. And then on the outside, it's got kind of a uh, 6.5 let me let me get the number 6.52 inch uh long narrow screen on the outside so again very very similar to galaxy z Fold 2 but let's not forget it's got a uh punch hole selfie camera up top on the front 20 megapixel sharp and a triple camera system on the back starting with a 108 megapixel main sensor accompanied with a 30 megapixel ultra wide and a new thing that and a Xiaomi new is calling thing. its bionic camera. A bionic camera because mm-hmm. Xiaomi cannot stop copying Apple's phrasing. <laughs> um, but what the bionic camera, yeah. right? The whole the whole aesthetic was Apple to begin with. But anyway, the reason this camera is bionic is because it comes with a liquid lens. So instead of glass, it's liquid. And there's a motor that, according to Xiaomi, precisely manipulates a packet of fluid to switch between telephoto mode, which is offering three times optical or 30 times hybrid zoom, and macro mode, which lets you get close up to three centimeters. Mm -hmm. And then this liquid is supposed to be you know, good enough to survive temperatures like 40, negative 40 degrees Celsius, which is way below freezing, and also negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit, same, same. Uh, (laughs) And then it goes all the way up to 60 degrees Celsius, which is not boiling, which is great. Um, And that's for the American listeners out there, 140 degrees Fahrenheit. It seems like they are begging, like this is, have we seen this kind of tech in a phone camera before? It is. Not yet. This is the sort of thing that is a red flag to me of like, hey, we invented this whole new thing, you know, kind of to to make camera zooms possible. This is going to break. This is not going to last a year of use or something. Yeah, this goes yeah. in the this goes in the same bucket as you know those uh, motorized pop up cameras that we see, yep. that we don't see anymore. Which yep. you know sound sound cool, look cool, but it's yep. just it's another thing to break. Um, having yep. said that, like the theory of it, or like sure. how my imagination runs with it, is the idea that you could have this one single aperture that could kind mm-hmm. of do all these multitasking. I mean, it's it kind of speaks volumes. that uh, So that kind of cool bionic lens is only for a single camera sensor, the 8 megapixel one. Um, yes. So that's like the most flattering one to kind of, you know, average lens quality right. because there's less megapixels. There's, you know, uh, aberrations and the rest of it hopefully won't get picked up as easily. Yeah, it's the most forgiving. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, But the idea, like, if you could get this kind of fluid lens that could be your macro, it could be your telephoto, it could be your ultra-wide, it could be whatever you want, darling, in mm-hmm. this one single lens. <laughs> now, that's exciting, and that could be thrilling if it works and if it doesn't break and if, you know. You know what? This is giving me an idea. Instead of using liquid, they should just be using ultra-thin glass, which is Samsung's glass it uses on the Galaxy Z Flip. 
a sort of a glass that can sort of bend, but then we need to figure out how they're going to figure out how to bend it and that sort of thing. Maybe they're going to work on glass instead of liquid. Anyhow, I'm not a material scientist. This is really up yeah, to Yeah, you kind of revealed that there. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, we'll see. Maybe they'll start playing with glass. Who knows? But um, the other thing that stands out about the memex fold is its price right it starts at sure. 9999 yuan which is about 1520 us dollars that is 500 dollars cheaper than the galaxy z fold 2 um it's nice to see it's never going to come to the us i don't think because mm-hmm. it's retailing only in china for now so sorry for those of you who are eager to get your hands on it do we but- know when this is going to arrive too because i feel like the z fold 2 can drop in price that thing was announced a while ago oh true. Ju- just recently well- today i think let me just find okay. it i think it's Mm-hmm. Literally dropped by like maybe five hundred dollars okay. very yeah. very recently. Um, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Let Diming. me see if I can find it. While while you look for that too, uh, I want to like let people know what you get for that price. You're also getting at the base model twelve gigs of RAM, and you can go up to sixteen gigs of RAM, five twelve gigs of storage on the Mimix Fold with a Snapdragon eight eighty eight five G processor. So that's really nice, honestly. Xiaomi sure. does this, right? A lot of Chinese phone companies do this. They they just stuff something full of the highest end specs. Yeah. And then it's, you know. <laughs> okay, so here's, <laughs> I've got my over. update. I've got my update. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So it's, it's good news. So apparently, yes, yeah, Samsung has permanently lowered the price of the Galaxy Z Fold 2 by about 500 pounds. Mm. The bad news is it's in South Korea. You mean you the know. price drop is only in South Korea or the At phone the moment, is only in South Korea? At the moment, it's mm. only a price drop yeah. in South Korea. But it's, that, it, 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 it's, it's yeah. pitched as a kind of semi-permanent price drop that can roll out yeah pretty quickly across the globe this is the thing too like do you guys care are you excited about the idea of fancy new foldables right now or is it like the lens and the hardware that's more sure you've you've used more foldables than me what do you think on foldables yeah i i'm not sure i'm uh very excited for this because it's affordable, I am definitely more intrigued by the liquid lens thing. Um, it's new, it's interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't know how well it'll work. I actually do really want to test that out and see how it'll work. Mm-hmm. But foldables, am I going to use them soon? Am I going to splash extra money for them soon? We should ask V who splashed yeah, that money. He's, did he splash his own question, money? Yeah, he straight yeah. up did. Yeah, he did oh, go what, and buy one. A lot one? of my friends have. What, the Z Fold uh, The two? Z Fold 2, yeah. Man, Madness. We pay Madness. him way too much. See, <laughs> <laughs> we maybe do. I personally, <laughs> I would totally go for a, a Z Flip. The smaller, the, the really Motorola style Z Flip. The Razor style one, but yeah. the, the Samsung one. Um, so I'm not really, I'm I not sold it, yet, but I, I could see it myself speaks, getting I think it speaks volumes about both of us, share Because, yeah, like, you know, we... We see these foldable phones kind of pass us by. Mm-hmm. I've never actively chased Samsung or Motorola for mm-hmm. like a review sample for them because <laughs> I don't care enough. I think I think that's that's a bad sign. I saw like the Motorola one, which is probably one of the least good foldable phones. That's been heavily discounted in the UK recently, but it's still a lot of money for a phone that you can get yeah. you can get better versions of elsewhere. Um, so yeah, yeah like, there's still too much of a premium right now. Uh, sure. Dev, how about you? Do you think you're ever going to be interested in a foldable phone, or are you still on camp dual screen? I think. Ah. I mean, right now the foldables are just yeah, it is too expensive. I do feel like I, once we hit the threshold of one thousand dollar phones, I start to take a step back and be like, hey guys, what are we? What are we really doing here? Because the mid range phones are so good, even a lot of the low end phones are so good. 
it was market pressure from Apple and other companies who just wanted to make more money because all of a sudden their phones started to get a little boring, right? So they had to throw stuff mm. in there, raise the prices, kind of get some flash. And I feel like we're in a more flash than substance, you know, era of uh, of phones, especially when it comes to dual screens. I'd look... I would love one eventually, you know, mm -hmm. once the tech is reliable, once it works well. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, I think we actually have come to a really good part, uh, a good spot where solid slabs of glass, uh, we need to make the glass stronger. You know, we need to make like phones with less moving parts because those will last longer. So I care more about durability and value than, you know, a phone that can flash open like and honestly i want to spend less time on my phone these days so i don't want to like be yeah. encouraged to do more of that too so you know it's uh what? all these factors are coming into play here what, what phone yeah. are you currently on dev what uh i have a 12 pro right now but the oh. smaller one not the max not the max yeah look i think we can get into a deeper conversation about foldable phones another episode and i think that is our plan so <laughs> we will get there i will mm -hmm. say xiaomi did unveil another phone that is right up my alley the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra, it's got a triple camera system on the back, no liquid lens, but it also has a tiny 1.1-ish inch screen uh, on <laughs> oh, the back next to the cameras. Oh, I know why you like uh, Yeah, I wonder why. Because... <clears throat> I could put my face on it. when you're... When you're taking a photo... Wow, what happens to you during your selfie, Sherlyn? I don't... I'm terrified by this. <laughs> when you're taking your a photo, selfie you mode see. is just horrifying. <laughs> If you are listening on the audio podcast, please take a look at our video stream because uh, Sherlyn selfies are something else. She does there, look different with glasses on. <laughs> look a little bit different with, with my stubble, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the Mi 11 Ultra is Xiaomi's flagship range, so it has all of the stuff that you would expect. Snapdragon 888, 16 gigs of RAM, no folding screen, but decent, right? But this extra little dual screen can not only show you your viewfinder when you're taking a photo with the rear camera, it'll also show notifications when you have the phone face down on a table, for example. So like a like a sort of <laughs> just turn the, the phone up. Phone. Turn the phone up if you want notifications. <laughs> you don't need another phone. You it's don't quite, need another screen yeah, for that. That's hilarious. Oh my God. I know. One last thing I will say that Xiaomi did talk about this week is the it confirmed reports that it is going to go into the electric car business. So yeah, sure, a few weeks course. ago it made the decision yeah, to make electric. Why not, Xiaomi? You make electric you make rice everything. cookers. But also, you make scooters. You there, might there's well some great coverage of uh, China's electrical electric car business. Mm. And it is, yeah. it's the biggest in the world. It's growing fast. There's tons of government subsidies. There was a great CNBC video, I think, recently about just how China's market is completely different because they can build the infrastructure quickly, right? And um, aren't they doing the things where it's like, it's cheaper to buy an electric car because you normally have to pay a lot of uh, extra title fees and things like that for a gas car, whereas those are waived if you buy an electric. So... It's viable. Yeah, I'm not sure how it is in, in, yeah. in China, but but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that is news from Xiaomi Land <laughs> for now. Um, yeah, let's let's. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, they're doing a lot. There's no news yet on whether they're selling those cars outside of the U.S. It's still very no. uh, outside of China. Sorry. Yeah. Still very early days, but uh, we'll see. We Stay shall good. see. Let's move on to some other news. Uh, listen, as usual, we're expecting uh, an Apple event soon i don't think we have not gotten mm -hmm. confirmation of that but we do expect something to happen in april what do you guys uh expect to see from this event matt that's you oh guys oh gender's yeah. a spectrum share you can be a guy it's totally cool <laughs> it's true 
this seems like the design and stuff. I can't, I can't quite place it. It looks like it's going to be those uh, air tags and some kind of wireless mm-hmm. charging stuff, at least from the aesthetic of the invite. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, iPads, I guess that would probably be the first thing. We've also been hearing a lot of, you know, ruminations on, you know, more standard Macs coming with Apple's homemade chips and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's revealing, you know, a new chip for more desktop-based PCs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It seems like it might be quite a small one. So I don't want to get yeah. everyone's hopes too high. It could just the, be AirTags and stuff. It could just be, but this is the timing for maybe new iPads. You know, like this yeah. is about yeah. when we see some of that stuff. So I've been kind of just eyeing iPad Pros for a while. So I'm going to sit tight and see what that is like. Yeah, I want yeah, just too. like I want I, a good, sleek typing <laughs> device but also with a higher yeah. refresh rate screen what do you think sure yeah i'll say that like uh i've been talking to v about this a little mm-hmm. bit chris velasco our apple guy and uh one of the things he also reiterates sometimes is that this is around the same time last year that they unveiled the iphone se mm-hmm. um sure. so maybe another small affordable phone we'll see i i otherwise have no clue yeah it kind of makes sense also but yeah you mentioned the uh, the desktop m1 chips too i know at least 10 people in within my friend group who are waiting for new iMacs, basically, right? And once they drop yeah. those M1 iMacs, I do feel like that those things are going to be super popular. Um, there, there is the, like uh, constant AR glasses rumors that we're hearing about too, but that may be more like something for WWDC where they mm-hmm. announce mm-hmm. the ones that developers can buy because uh, yeah. they need to start building apps for those too, yeah. Speaking of Apple, by the way, there there's some other um, stuff that happened this week about uh, from Apple land, I guess. Lots of lands. Um, it, there's a new upcoming iOS update that will unblock the word Asian uh, as adult content. So this is like a bit of background here. This is uh, this was discovered sometime. Mm-hmm. Last year, I want to say, and um, the the what happens is when you enable screen time ah. and you set it to limit adult websites, uh, Apple used to prevent searches uh, for for in, in things like browser apps um, and other like things it has control over, I guess, and it, it won't show results for the word Asian along with some other keywords that mm-hmm. seemed adult, but. <laughs> Obviously, with everything that's going on in the world, in America especially, you can't just not show results for it the also, word Asian and it, think it that took, that's okay. It took like a major crisis for Apple to be like, hey, uh, mm, maybe Oops. this is bad. Oopsie. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see that that update is coming and uh, we will we will see how that goes. Um, but there is a lot of work more to be done here. A lot of... Uh, some studying, I think, to do to see what else Apple blocks in that in that filter. Okay, but we're sure. keeping an eye on it. Also, why would you enable your own screen time filters to block porn? Like you would do this for your kid, you know? But maybe I don't know. I don't know. If it's, you, it's your yeah, phone, it's, you know. Well, if you if you enabled it and you handed it off to a kid, right, like sure, on an iPad sure. or something, and and you you had adult um, content limited. They couldn't search for Asian cartoons or something, I guess. I'm sure. not very sure. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. Let's move on to something just real quick that happened. Uh, Volkswagen. What do you guys think <laughs> it's about? It's April Fool's, y'all. Volkswagen. The dumbest, the dumbest uh, of the April Fool's story. Honestly, I actually didn't It's a good it. idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. idea. They should actually do it. So the story was this week that Volkswagen would be rebranding as Volts 
wagon as they like pushed into EVs and everything. It was actually an April Fool's joke that just like got leaked early, I guess. Like that that's the yep. deal. Yeah. But uh also okay. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um It let, feels like from, a really yeah. good kind of strong like um commitment like yeah commitment to the future and to kind of trying to rescue us before Waterworld happens like for it, sure for sure it sounds like a good thing to have done it it sounds great it turns out guys uh, especially after dieselgate where we found out that volkswagen right. was you know polluting the world and lying, and lying about, about it, it. Yeah, yeah literally and not lying. telling us the truth do you think you really yeah. should be dealing in april fool's trickery when you're already dealing with a lack of trust I yeah, and let, let, let's not forget where Volks, Volkswagen started too. You know, so it's like it may actually be good to change your name and get away from your uh, <laughs> Nazi connections. Thank you very much. Um, yes. But anyway, that's April Fools. Their shares dropped three point seven percent yesterday after this news. So yeah, turns out uh, when, you when people yourself. found out the name change was fake, the share price dropped because everybody actually everybody liked wanted the it. fake name so much yeah. more. <laughs> you played yourself. Congratulations. Also, like coming from the point of having to, I've, I I uh, I did both of these kind of Volkswagen, Volkswagen. Uh-huh. Is it a rumor? Is it real? Kind of thing for the mo- the morning edition podcast, and it's really hard to enunciate to make them sound different. Sure, sure. Volkswagen, Volkswagen. If you're kind yeah. of blasting out your sentences, yeah. it's really people, hard to make it stand yeah. out. So in America, a lot of people just always called it kind of Volkswagen too. That's kind of what it sounded like. So <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, anyway, it just wouldn't uh, have made anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, one quick other story that just dropped last night. Um Netflix is reportedly paying $450 million for two Knives Out sequels. And I'm just mentioning this because, first of all, that's a shit ton of money for two movies. <laughs> but also, Knives Out was super popular, directed by... It's a good uh, show. I loved it. It's, it's a good movie. Directed yeah, by good. my boy, Ryan Johnson. So I uh, apparently... This hasn't been fully confirmed yet, but it's been uh, reported by both Variety and Deadline. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Amazing, amazing news. I do kind of mm. hope they still get a theatrical release. That's the thing... That worries me whenever Netflix picks something up because then it just gets bought and hidden within the algorithm, right? Whereas mm-hmm. I remember seeing Knives Out in theaters and that was so much fun. A ton of fun, a great theatrical experience. So I hope we still get to get that with the sequels. I mean, I love the idea of also of having like this kind of detective series with, was it, yeah. what's it called? Benoit Blanc or something, Benoit right? Blanc. Ben- yeah. Yeah, 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 Daniel yeah. Craig, yeah. Daniel also, Craig doing like weird American so accents. Yeah, yeah, so Falkhorn, channeling his inner Falkhorn Leghorn. I absolutely but then, loved it. yeah. Also, more love for Logan Lucky, where he channeled his like uh, inner southern, like <laughs> southern dude. Watch that that movie's amazing. You should watch that movie. So, also check out Logan Lucky if you all like Knives Out. Let's move on to what we've been working on. Um, I'll just say I've been testing out something new and something different for me: the Toyota Sienna minivan, the 2021 <laughs> version. Yeah. I'm testing out the ultimate, one of the ultimate dad mobiles. Um, I'm doing this because I am interested in exploring more about like what tech, car tech is looking like, but also hybrids and EVs. Um, the interesting thing about the Sandy is that the entire line is hybrids this year. There is no choice. It's not like a premium upgrade. And I do think that is a big push from Toyota to say like, hey, we do, we forget about recalling ourselves, you know, Volkswagen. You know, this is a commitment 
to better mileage, um, reducing carbon emissions and things like that. This thing gets 35 miles per gallon in the U.S. That is more than my much, much smaller 2017 RAV4 hybrid, which gets like 32 miles per gallon. Um, a typical minivan like this, uh, if it was just gas, maybe would have a V6 engine, would be like 21, 22 miles per gallon. So a significant jump there and uh it's pretty cool so far i'm really digging it i'm trying to figure out how we nice. will cover this but yeah it is a good dad mobile um as soon as i put my daughter sophia in it in her car seat she was like wow i like this car so that's <laughs> she, your daughter turned to you, you and gotta say, buy thanks. it now she turned to you and said thanks you daddy for now. saving the environment thank you Aww. uh i give it 90 percent like she's already rating gadgets <laughs> and everything. Like she is, she's judging things. Like she'll tell me how much she likes something. I wonder so where I she gets it. that from. I love it. Like she has instant <laughs> reactions. Uh, she's very critical towards movies. So I, I dig uh, it. I, I don't know where all that perfect. comes from. Shalyn, yeah. what have you been working on? Um, finally, getting that review up was really nice. And then a bunch of embargoes out th- too was also nice. But I'm still clear- getting out of my writer's block zone and finally making some headway, which feels good. I talked to manager about it and and found some some ways to help myself feel better. So there you go. You will see that stuff coming soon. I, I, swear, I hope so You got to take some breaks for Lynn. Take some, go, go out and take I, some selfies, you know? I'm trying to. Well, I do that every day. <laughs> But yes. <laughs> Matt, what are you working on? I'm working on getting more work put on Sherlin's plate. God, after that, I hate you. <laughs> but after that's sorted, <laughs> uh, I'm testing out uh, a new controller from 8BitDo. Uh, they've recently announced uh, Pro 2. That's under embargo, mm. but it's already been announced, so I can talk to it about it a little bit. Uh, but that's a very nice little upgrade. Um, I can use it with Stadia. I can use it with my Mac. Annoyingly, it doesn't work with iOS, so it's not perfect. Uh, but it works with Android phones if you are looking for a nice gaming upgrade. And it's quite reasonably mm. priced. But anyway, stay <laughs> tuned to read about it. Um, the other <laughs> thing I'm playing with, and this is why my uh, video is quite decent quality. It's much from, better than normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, yeah, is the Sony, this is the Sony ZV-10, which is quite an old now, like a mm. camera dedicated for uh, video blogging. Uh, and so I'm testing it out because I have no camera skills. I have to do a fair amount of videos these days and uh, no one to help me do it. So I'm using this to kind of improve my game and it's, it's wonderful. It's, um, Mm. it's, it's almost idiot proof, which is crucial. Um, Matt proof. Yeah. (laughs) It's coming on the box, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's really smooth. Uh, the, this is a review sample I got from Sony. Unfortunately, um, some of the buttons are a bit sticky, so I'm hoping they'll send me a new one before I actually write something about it. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. super impressed. I'm really hoping they'll make a ZV2, and I'll, and I'll literally buy that with my own Would money. Um, ZV102, yeah. ZV102, ZV20. ZV all I want, yeah, all I want is a liquid lens inside it. That's all I'm looking <laughs> for. Um, but yeah, that's pretty exciting. So I'm going to be writing about that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm actually barreling right. into Easter holidays. So Ooh. I've got a few days off coming up. So that's exciting. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Here's what we're going to enjoy when we all take some time off, right? Uh, Devendra, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I've been doing. Sure, sure. <laughs> trying to trying to make myself feel better in the midst of all this mental burnout. So for your pop and, culture uh, picks, we are moving on to yes, pop culture exactly. picks. Yes, exactly. Here we're moving on to pop culture picks. And I am... Oh, I okay. I've been watching a lot of good stuff. One of I, I'm just seeing what one of Devendra's recommendations is going to be, and I fully agree. But I surprisingly have done a lot of interesting stuff these last few days. One of which I'm going to start with this because I actually already told Matt about it, and we've already played this. But it's a game called Kitty Letter, uh, Letter, <laughs> not Litter, Letter. Uh-huh. It's created by uh, the artist who's behind web series or web comic, The Oatmeal. Yeah, The Oatmeal. And died, yeah. it's 
He also made a game called Exploding Kittens a while back. So basically, this is a word game that is boggle style. You basically unscramble words or you make words out of a, a, a like a longish word. And each word that you create generates a bunch of exploding kittens that head towards your enemy's house. And your goal is to take down your enemies with exploding kittens. And uh, you can play story mode. You can play multiplayer versus mode, which Matt and I have done. You can also <laughs> play single player endless. And I, I play the story. The story mode is so awesome because it's the oatmeal's humor in a story about exploding kittens versus an angry neighbor. And it's pretty awesome. I really enjoyed it. The story was just hilarious. If you like the oatmeal's comics, you will love the story mode. And then, you know, take on take on your friends afterwards. Matt and I struggled a little bit with the server the first time we tried, I think. Yeah, yeah. But Matt, did you like the, the game? I did like it, but I, I kind of went in blind and then Cher just kind of yeah. thrashed me again Bulldozed and again. Bulldozed you. And again. Yeah. We're like, That's why like, we don't I'm, play games with Sherlyn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey. I want to play Among Us with her just so I can murder her. And that's <laughs> healthy. No, she will only ever murder you and lie about it. Yeah. Yeah. Seems about right. Oh, no. Is that it for I your pop a, culture have... stuff, Sher? I have a second recommendation, uh-huh. and that's my last one, which is um, a new show that I've been talking to a few people about to called Marriage or Mortgage on Netflix. Why? It's kind of why? amazing. Yes. It's kind of amazing. Don't say why. It's it's it every episode every other episode I've like solved. It's been very moving. You always think I always think as a person who was brought up by parents who are very financially savvy, that the question, the, the, it would be no question. It would always be mortgage. But uh, no, there's some... What is, what, so what is the, the key question? What do they mean by marriage? So marriage or mortgage, or mortgage uh, is a 10-episode series on Netflix right now. Every episode, there's a couple that's questioning... They have some money, and they want to put it towards either a mortgage uh-huh. or a wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, this pair of... Um, it's a house uh, it's a real estate agent and a wedding planner they're this pair of women in Nashville and uh, they come up with like a good pitch for each case so either they find them the perfect house for their budget or they put together a really wonderful wedding it's amazing I hate my friend Sam Rutherford for introducing this to me (laughs) but uh I got hooked and I finished all of it I cried through all of it it was really great that's a whole whole thing what makes it emotionally triggering it's a okay so so if you like anything that like is gorgeous aesthetic like I do like house if you like house renovation shows you will do you will like parts of this there's a lot of that there's the wedding planning part of it is very moving but what makes it emotionally triggering is how because they both have to kind of win the client over right they both pull out all the stops. So they're like, oh, your dad passed away, so he can't be a part of your wedding. Let's do a memorial t- tribute to him. So like she sets it up and you mm-hmm. see this person crying or this other person when they finally find their dr- dream house. They're like, you know, my grandparent who passed away would really want me to have this house and they start crying too. So it's like, it, it gets emotional like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, it's it's a nice show. It's really, it's a, really nice. Sounds like so. a nice show, but I also I hope it dives into just how, insane the marriage industrial complex is in america yeah. i have some friends who just sure is it's really expensive they save like tens of thousands of dollars by just eloping right it's and when insane. my wife and i got married it's crazy over here i don't know what it's like uh in the uk it's now. not as bad but it's getting there like um, yeah 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 and it, I mean, it depends on the people as well like yeah. some people definitely yeah set aside your personal like issues i would never spend that much money on a wedding i don't think Gosh, I might have to eat my words, but but you know, watch it. How for presumptive learning. of you, Cher, to think you're ever going to get I married? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I take that back. Damn, you had to eat your Damn. words. Damn. 
Why right. fuck me deep. Mm, Let's move Dev, on. Dev, what are you going to recommend? I want to ask Matt, actually, because uh, he seems like he's on a roll. What, what are your <laughs> pop culture picks? Yes. So this is a series that's been running on YouTube for years. And I've only just kind of come across it, and now I'm addicted. It's... Um, it's uh, it's hosted by two drag queens, uh, Trixie Mattel and mm. uh, Katya, uh, who were both made famous through RuPaul's Drag Race, and now they're famous in their own rights. But anyway, the series is just called, uh, and that's how they say it, obviously. <laughs> um, I, how do you Google it? It's uh, UN and then three H's. You should find it. It's like hugely popular, okay. millions of views. Um, uh-huh. And it's just a really dumb edited together, two drag queens <laughs> talking about anything series, where it's just kind of got layers upon layers of like, graphics and video effects and sound effects and who like these the, the, the people who are behind the editing of it are just geniuses it feels adult swimmy it feels a bit kind of uh-huh. like um very old like early noughties uh web animation that kind of thing but it's just so yeah. chaotic smartly, media. Yeah, yeah chaotic and just like so <laughs> funny and just the sound effects they put on these things and these kind of running jokes they make that have no grounding as to why they should be funny but just are and it just kind of speaks to kind of the personality and the charm of these two drag queens. And I think there's like, there's almost like 150 episodes. So I'm just kind of trying to slowly pad through it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so much fun and such a, such a great kind of tonic at this point where I'm just itching to leave my house and I'm miserable about every other facet of my life. And now I can just distract myself with two dramas drag queens and just think about why my life went wrong. Love it. Love it. Anything else, Matt? Uh, What else am I getting into at the moment? Uh, So I've kind of dusted off my uh, PlayStation VR headset. There's been a bunch of games that have come free on, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, Sony's like play at home PlayStation free game bonanza, and that's included Res. But I uh, ponied up some money for Tetris Effect, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, very, very relaxing. And then then I'm going to just try and be brave and play Resident Evil 7. In VR. In VR? Oh, buddy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I try but, that. but I think I might just cry. That sounds that sounds a little little Aww. too scary. I'll just mention a couple things quickly. I finished up Search Party up to season four, which is all on HBO Max right now. This is one of the best shows that exists on TV. So <laughs> if you like Breaking Bad, if you like um if you like fun comedy that can get kind of dark sometimes, but it's also a really smart mystery and is really character focused. Check out Search Party. Um, like I, I love it so much. Uh, I think Alia Shawkat, if you only know her from Arrested Development, it is a trip to see her here in the show be just like an utter queen. Like she is just doing some tremendous acting work. So everybody watch Search Party. I, I like promise you will love it. I rewatched uh, the 2014 Godzilla movie directed. Same. Yeah. Directed by Gareth Edwards, which I remember I reviewed this back at the time. I saw it in theaters. It was a good-looking movie, but watching it now, I'm like, it is a great-looking movie. You know, like, I do love how, like, I every aspect, yeah, of this, uh, of it is, like, very artfully composed. Not the best script in the world. You know, it's kind of messy, but I do think Gareth Edwards just has a good eye. We saw that again in Rogue One, so... It is worth rewatching. You probably don't need to rewatch Godzilla King of the Monsters, the uh, the no, second movie in this new trilogy um, ahead of well, Godzilla versus Kong. Like, right. I know characters reappear, but King of the Monsters was just right. awful. Like, had very little <laughs> redeeming things to it. So I plan to be watching Godzilla versus Kong, you know, this weekend. I, and I still the liked King of, of the Mon. I just like King of the Monsters, if only for <sighs> Mothra. If just for Mothra. Mothra's That's great. It. Mothra's I great. Love I love Mothra, Mothra but... Yeah, rewatch. Um, if you're planning to see Godzilla vs. Kong, also be sure to check out Kong Skull Island, which is a ton of fun. And I feel like most people just haven't talked about it. And one quick shout out this week to Bad Trip 
on Netflix, which is the Eric Andre movie. Oh, yes. Talk about chaos. Talk about pure chaos. It is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just telling you all to watch it. Do not watch it with your kids. Do not watch it with your parents. But it is (laughs) hilarious. I think you will all enjoy it. So check that out. So that's it for this week on the Engadget Podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own managing editor, Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find me online at, at Devendra, and I also podcast about movies and TV at the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilm.com. Where can we find you, Sherlyn? If you want to send me cute pictures of babies and animals for my smart display that are totally PG-13, uh, I'm at Sherlyn Lowe on Twitter. Excellent. And Matt? You can find me on uh, Twitter at ThatMattSmith. Um, that's one T in Matt, and then the rest is how you think it'd be spelled. And I'm on all the other ones, but my handles are never very easy to say on podcasts, so I don't. <laughs> but yes, if you search around, you can find me on Instagram. Fine. It's not like Matt Smith's are hard to find online. So good luck with that. <laughs> right. the right one. You can always email us at podcastingadget.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, please, and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. Thanks, folks. We're out. Nice.